Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Friday Ogre, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Copernell Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA, Friday Ogre's weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope you'll join us each and every Friday. Well, we are so grateful this morning to be joined by Heather Warfield, Clinical and Program Director at Calm Waters. Heather, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, um, we want to talk to you about uh, grief in the holidays. We know a lot of folks are experiencing um, loss because of the pandemic, loss because that is how life happens. Um, And so we wanted to talk about this time of year um, with you. So before we get into all of that, kind of give us a big picture of what Calm Waters does. Yeah. So Calm Waters is Oklahoma City's only non-faith-based grief agency. So we serve children and families of all ages Mm -hmm. in grief support groups. We also have groups for those going through a divorce, which is also a big challenge right now for families, um, both at our center and in school. So we are in 11 different districts around the Oklahoma City metro. We also have counseling services. um, And really, we've adapted that to virtual right now, of course, with everything going on as well. So serving lots of different families with lots of different losses. So talk about this time of year. We have Thanksgiving coming up next week, um, Christmas right around the corner. What is this time of year stirring up for folks? Gosh, yeah. So this time of year has been challenging. It was challenging last year. It's challenging again this year, sometimes even more so. People are stressed. They are overwhelmed, um, lacking self-care and just trying to manage through figuring out what are we going to do? So we are definitely seeing the burden that people are carrying right now. And what about if you've experienced a loss this year? Yeah. So that makes it even harder, right? Um, Missing someone, missing someone who was a big part of their life, a big part of their traditions. And with the holidays, that just brings up even more grief, even more sadness. And for some, that means I want to avoid. Mm -hmm. For some, that means I don't want to acknowledge it at all. Um, And others want to celebrate, but don't know how, like, how do I do this and still honor this person who is no longer with us? Mm -hmm. And so there's that guilt, uncertainty, and just, I think a lot of fear and anxiety going into the holidays. So how do you navigate that as for someone who maybe is experiencing those things? And we and we know, gosh, especially our school staff are so maxed out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you how do you navigate that? How do you know kind of the right path to take or the or the safest path to mm-hmm. take? I think that starts with each person individually, mm-hmm. recognizing that grief looks different for each person. It's not going to look the same for your mom or your sister or your brother or even your child. And Mm -hmm. so I think recognizing what does my grief look like and know that that's okay. We always hear about the, you know, the stages of grief, mm -hmm. but, but it's not linear. Absolutely. It it doesn't have to have one. Okay. You got to get hit this stage, Mm -hmm. but it it can go wherever, all over the board at different times. It's messy. Yes, it is. And, you know, hearing from talking with teachers around the state and support professionals, um, they're really noticing now we're back into school. They're noticing that, that the two year loss of social emotional growth that's Mm -hmm. happened. And then you compound grief on that. Um, what are some recommendations that educators can be doing with their students as well? Right. Yes. So what a challenging time it's been for kids, right? And educators. I think 
Building a relationship is always key. Knowing that child, knowing what changes you're noticing. You know, I know this child is typically this way, Mm -hmm. but they're acting differently. Mm -hmm. Why? And so I think having that relationship with the child, being able to talk to them. And once you have that relationship, they're more likely to open up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just recognizing them, having that one-on-one time as much as you can, yeah. is hard yeah. as a teacher. Um, but making them feel seen and heard and valued can help be that special person for them where mm-hmm. they feel like they can open up. What about for colleagues? And maybe you haven't experienced a loss, but you know that, mm-hmm. you know, some of your colleagues might be going through mm-hmm. something. How can you be supportive of them? If you know someone has lost someone or is going through a hard time, simply acknowledging it, not mm-hmm. pushing for information, yeah. not pressuring that they should or should not do something, but just letting you know, hey, I see you. I know this happened and I'm here for you if you want to talk about it or if you need support. And I think the biggest thing is just knowing that they have someone. So how can people, if, if they maybe don't have a counselor or they don't have an outlet, what are ways that people can take care of themselves during this time? Folks who maybe don't have access to calm waters or out in the state or how, Mm -hmm. how, how can people take care of themselves right now? Listen to your body. Listen to your emotions, Mm -hmm. really focus on what am I experiencing? Mm -hmm. Because that's going to tell you something Yeah, and recognizing maybe I'm not sleeping well. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do for myself to get better sleep? Is there something impacting that? Mm -hmm. Am I not eating or eating healthy? Mm -hmm. How is that impacting me? And maybe what changes can I shift there? Self-care is one of the biggest things that we can do to cope with grief because Mm -hmm. it's often the first thing to go. And self-care can look so many different ways. Absolutely. It's a, oh, it's yoga and eating, right? Right. <laughs> That's what you hear. And, do yoga, right. eat, it's a lot right. of people think of self-care as doing things, but yeah. sometimes it's not doing something. Right. Setting a boundary and saying, I'm not ready to do that. I don't, I don't think I'm ready to go to yeah. this place. And yeah. being okay with saying no. Right. So self-care isn't always, yeah. I need to do this so, activity. Yeah, great point. It's maybe, I don't need to do this yeah. activity. We can't bubble bath our way out of every problem. We would like Everyone, to. Everyone. Wouldn't that be nice? But, but, it, but it absolutely starts with self. It's about reflecting on your inner self and reflecting on your emotions and what your emotions are telling you. And that's so hard right now because yeah. I, I've just noticed just in general, what you were saying in, in the public, everybody, their emotions are so on edge and you're just seeing it. And, yeah. and, and that's how we react to situations. So um, we, I, I was talking with some um, educators last year and one of the things they brought up was their students were so worried about going home, which it sounds really odd, but they were worried about getting, taking COVID into the home mm-hmm. and, and worried about making someone sick in their home. Mm-hmm. And so I love what you said about building that relationship with your students, listening. It's about listening. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's about listening. So thank you for that. That was absolutely. Well, we appreciate the work that Calm Waters does and the work that you do. And thank you for the great advice and and taking time to come and visit with us. Absolutely. Anytime. Well, today we are joined by the irreplaceable Carrie Elledge, (laughs) our vice president here at OEA. Uh, Carrie, how are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Good. (laughs) Well, we are uh, talking today about the OEA budget, which... um, 
Everyone just bear with us after I said that we're talking about the OEA budget. There's a reason. There's a reason. Numbers, facts, <laughs> um, so graphs. We're in uh, the midst of the annual OEA budget survey, and we thought it would be a great time to talk about our OEA budgeting process because I think it is really unique and very uh, – people need to know kind of how this works. So, Carrie, give us a, – a as the budget committee chair, can you give us a look at how this process works? I'm so glad that you asked. This is an incredibly member-driven process. Mm -hmm. This is something that we ask for input all along the way from Mm -hmm. members across our state. And so it starts off with our survey, which is currently going on. Mm -hmm. It's open from November 29th through December 12th. Mm -hmm. If you haven't gotten it, please reach out to us and let us know because we want to make sure you have the opportunity to let your voice be heard on this budget survey. Mm -hmm. It helps drive where we go Mm -hmm. with our finances. Um, After members complete the survey, we'll be able to look through it with our managers and a draft will be created. Then the budget committee will meet in early January Mm -hmm. to go through all of that and to adopt a budget. Yes, ma'am. So so the budget committee? Yes. These are all members? They are all members from across our state, various zones. We make Mm -hmm. sure that there's representation from our um, OAEA, we have an administrator on this group. Mm-hmm. We have people from all over. Carolyn Crowder is our staff liaison, and Zach Murray, our Northwest B uh, zone member, mm-hmm. are, is our board liaison. Mm-hmm. So it's people from all over. All over. So then the draft budget. Yes. It's created. We create a draft budget in the committee meeting. And then after that, it will go to the board. There's a two-step process with our board. Mm -hmm. First, we have a meeting where we give them the information, allow them to process it, to Mm -hmm. ask questions, do anything that they need to do to kind of make sure that they truly understand what is being presented and proposed to them because it's still a proposed draft budget at that time. And then at our board meeting in February, we actually get to amend and adopt and debate and all of those things that we need to So at that time, that will be the very first time that we take action on the budget before it goes to delegate assembly in May for our delegates to actually vote on it. So, I mean, this is, you know, when you think about like businesses or other organizations, this is everybody doesn't get a say in the budget. It is usually a couple people at the top make the decision. And Mm -hmm. this is involving everybody from across the state at every, I mean, multiple steps. Catherine, you've been, you've served as budget chair when you were vice president. Why, um, what value does the survey bring? What value does it bring to have members from everywhere be involved in this? Yeah, it does a a two-part process with that. It, it informs our members the programs and services we provide. Mm -hmm. And then it allows our members to say, is this something we need to continue? Is it something we need to enhance? Mm -hmm. Is it something that we need to discontinue? Mm -hmm. And so it's really getting down to the services and the programs that our members receive through their dues dollars. Mm -hmm. This is their, our budget is made up of their hard earned dollars that they do, Mm -hmm. that they make every day. And it's how we want to spend that money. And, and that's the majority of our budget comes from our dues dollars. And it's their their way of saying, you know what, Uh, we need to be doing more in the area of advocacy or in the area of legislative political organizing. We need to enhance that. And we truly look at that and say, okay, 
what, let's we need to put more money into member engagement, for mm-hmm. instance. And so it helps drive the process of, of creating a budget. Um, so the survey is open. Carrie, can you give us that one more time? It's open through? It's open from November 29th through December 12th. And there's a chance to win fabulous prizes. Fabulous prizes. <laughs> fabulous. Fabulous. Wow. Ooh, ah. yeah. <laughs> so you want to win. If you if you have not received uh, the budget email, it's, it Carrie sent it out. If you've not received that, contact OEA or your local leader. Make sure that your email address is correct um, because this, I mean, you guys really do take this information to heart. Mm-hmm. Checks and balances. This is this is truly democracy mm-hmm. at work. This is having input in the process as much as you want to, and we hope that you want to. So please respond to our survey. Well, thank you so much, Carrie, for being in charge of the numbers so that I don't have to. That sounds <laughs> terrible. Um, and thanks for coming and chatting with us. Thank you for inviting me. Well, let's just take some time and catch up with Catherine uh, very quickly. Uh, on December the 7th at 530, we're going to be having a Facebook Live. And it's our series was Save with Dave. David Glenn from NEA Member Benefits is going to have a short video on a, on the specific uh, NEA Member Benefits this month. And, and you're going to want to do that. So each month, we're going to be highlighting um, those really powerful benefits that we have that help put dollars back in your pocket. And then on December the 7th at six o'clock is our OEA Power Hour Professional Development Series. And it's wrapping up for the year. And we're going to be talking um, on this series about local power, organizing around local issues. And we would love for you to join OEA local leaders from the Muskogee Education Association to discuss how you and your local can make a difference for your district and beyond. Uh, Remember that registration is free, but you need to register uh, to attend. And and when you register, it's great because then we'll just send you, uh, you'll get an email with a link on how to join. And so uh, uh, also be our, our school board, uh, elections are so vital to our school communities and uh, to file to be a candidate. It comes early. Uh, it is on December 6th through the 8th. So there's three days, 6th, 7th, and 8th, that if, uh, if you're looking at running for a school board election in your uh, district, you must file in December. Uh, the elections don't happen until February and April of the next year, but you want to uh, make sure that you you notice those filing periods and 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 you know sign up, run for office, uh, put your name on the ballot because our schools and our school boards are so important to help um, our districts uh, do the good work that we're doing. Just a special thank you today to Vice President Carrie Elledge and Heather Warfield from Calm Waters for joining us. And thank you for listening to Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Catherine Bishop, president of the OEA. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Fried Okra on the Apple Podcast. You can also contact us at podcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us again next week. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education.